heart. You had a dream you were going to win the lottery and you blew $500. Oh, oh, I can't believe you're still bringing that up. I had a dream a plane was going to crash, so you took the bus to Las Vegas. If I'd have been on the plane, it would have crashed. And it doesn't matter. This wasn't a dream. This was a vision. I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Look, look, the world is full of these kind of things. Look at this. Black masses, mutilations, mutilations. The incubus, the succubus. I'm telling you, Walter was a human sacrifice. I should have gone to the lake. <laughs> I should have listened to Carol. I should listen to your wife. Who listens to their wife? Listen, you got to listen to me. You know what the deal is? What we got to do is we got to go down to the religious supply store. We got to get ourselves a couple of gallons of holy water. My cousin Jerry's a priest. He can get us a deal. No, no. We got to. Then we got to go to the market. We got to get ourselves a couple of those big strings. You know how they string that garlic? A couple big strings of garlic. We got to get ourselves some fresh lamb's blood. And then we got to. Ray, do you I'm want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? No, I'm not going to listen to this. Ray, you're chanting. I'm not going to Ray. hear this now. I'm not Ray, look. Going to Ray. Listen to this. Unconscious chanting. You're chanting. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Ray, Ray. You're chanting. Hey, once they get in here, it's over, pal. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one. Cheap dime store hood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. This is episode number 176 The Burbs. My heart still beating from that Fast Nine trailer that we just watched. Yeah, that was intense. <laughs> We're ready to oh, jump back wait. in. To it the somehow fast feels saga. like they come out every year. Like I know that's not true, but it it, it feels like it. Like it, it feels like we're going to it's see. It's been one a while year. since yeah. the eighth one, which we did as a give us a second. Wow, we okay. talked about yeah. Fate of the Furious. It's always an exciting year when it is happening, though. It always gives me something to look forward to. <laughs> But right now we're talking about The Burbs, which is a Matt pick. That's right. Really? A movie that I feel like I would have loved as a kid had I ever watched it as a kid. Uh, I didn't really see this until I was in my 30s. <laughs> I saw it once like on TV as a kid. Listen, there's a lot to goof on. Certainly a silly movie. But I love this weird late 80s horror comedy thing. That the it just, Joe Dante movies it, right up your alley. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just feels like stylistically this is something that could never be replicated after the year 1989. It feels yeah. like it fits in a time frame that it just would never fit in again. That's probably true. Before we talk about the burbs, though, let's remind our listeners to follow the show on Twitter, at GreatestPod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, etc., Thanks for all the support. We're really overloading you with content. Hey, take your time. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Bank yeah. a couple eps for a trip. I should call this out. A friend of the show, Shane, texted me the other day. Is caught up 
went through the gauntlet of listening to every single episode when to did current. he start i don't know it's been a while i mean obviously you can't just roll right through certainly he started years after we had been going yeah i i mean that is it's never too late whew. to jump in and i mean my heart goes out to him though i mean that is <laughs> there's some rough ones yeah, for wow. sure that's a rocky road but, but uh, then every now and again you come across some real gems that's true yeah <laughs> so uh as I mentioned to you, I found our Poison Ivy episode from One Trashy Summer to be particularly That's hilarious. Right. Yeah, people are actually uh, generally excited for this year's One Trashy Summer, I would say. At least one well, person. They, they should be. Yeah. Yeah, so as you were saying, The Burbs is sort of a horror comedy, which generally doesn't do super great box office-wise or critically, although this movie did okay box office-wise. Directed by Joe Dante, written by a guy named Dana Olson, starring kind of a crazy cast. Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern, Carrie Fisher, Rick Dukeman, Corey Feldman, yeah. Wendy Shaw, amongst others. Budget, $18 million, box office, 49.1. Although that was considered kind of a letdown because Tom Hanks had already filmed Big. Big came out, became yeah. a huge movie. Okay, so kind and of And then this movie was a yeah. little bit of a... A down I mean, step. Joe Dante, he just seems like one of those guys that was in the Spielberg camp that was never going to be quite a Spielberg, but... Had a lot of success in the 80s. Things tapered off significantly by the 90s, but leading into the Burbs, Piranha, The Howling, Gremlins, Explorers, Inner Space. Yeah. Gremlins 2 happened, I think, after the Burbs. Wow. Okay. Not not a bad little run there. And then at one point, Small Soldiers in the oh 90s, boy. things yeah. kind of went off the rails. Now I think he only really directs TV for the most part. Okay. Hank's coming off of big. His career was really ramping up. This was a yeah. time period where he was still in comedies like this. And it feels was... like almost a departure from like where he would have been heading at this time period. Well, yeah, but this was not a departure at the time because okay, he was still right. like very much a regular Turner guy. And Hooch. Yeah. In regular comedies, and nowadays he seems to only play real people. This like is not your road to Mr. Perdition. Rogers. Yeah. Which is a part in this movie where he's watching <laughs> yeah. this Rogers neighborhood, and I was like, wow, this is very meta. Captain Phillips, Sully Sullenberger, people like that. Yeah. Seems like the only type of things he does now. He doesn't really seem like he takes too many chances, and when he does, they don't seem to pay off, like Cloud yeah. Atlas or that movie with Emma Watson, which was called like The Circle. They or could do like uh, The Burbs too right now, have him in it. Bruce Dern basically looks the same, so... <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Carrie Fisher, though. Yeah, that's that's a shame. I guess yeah, you no. could make Ray, his character, divorced, which in my notes I've put <laughs> a anyway? lot of divorced yeah. comments <laughs> because yeah. it seems like where, where things were headed, headed by yeah. the end of the movie. <laughs> Corey Feldman certainly could be in it, dressing the same. <laughs> yeah, on a lot of the bonus features that the Scream Factory Blu-ray has, there's talk of the wild set as far as like what was going on with Corey Feldman, even though he was still a teenager at the time. Well, it's hard to... There's like porn stars visiting yeah. and like Michael Jackson's <laughs> monkey bubbles I love and it. stuff. Yeah. And it's like Sam Kinison showing up to smoke weed with Corey Feldman, who was like 17. And well, Sam Kinison's like an adult. I was He's even like, trying to figure happening? out, like how old is the Ricky Butler character supposed to be? in this movie i don't know it seems like he's in high school but at one point isn't he's he drinking, drinking beer. with art <laughs> yeah but then again that you could definitely see art just handing him right. a beer <laughs> yeah the neighborhood that they filmed this on was like a famous set on a lot that was used for like 
tons of television shows and movies over the years, including Leave it to Beaver, but most recently was used for all of the seasons of Desperate Housewives. Same exact cul-de-sac, still probably gets used for stuff now. There's just something very unique and fun about a cul-de-sac for a a location, and everything in the movie remains in that cul-de-sac you don't ever see anywhere else or there's no shots of anything beyond that how impractical is this house that the clopex live in (laughs) existing on this why is it in such disrepair already since they just moved in were the previous tenants also insane yeah (laughs) i mean there's a lot of like slapsticky humor moments in this movie that are just stupid and not funny but i overall love the vibe to it again it's like silly but all this mysticism that they try to put around the house and the effects and you know i love when uh at one point rumsfeld bruce dern is just like stepping on the clopex porch and (laughs) his feet go through it yeah actually both times that they do the hole in the porch gag are pretty funny right Initially, the Burbs open to pretty bad reviews overall, but it has gone on to become a cult classic. It's one that all of these actors, with probably the exception of Hanks and maybe Bruce Dern, but when they go to different things or are seen out in public, a lot of people bring it up. Wendy Shaw, who plays Bonnie, she basically got the role as the wife on American Dad, you know, the Seth MacFarlane cartoon, because of this movie. Seth MacFarlane, like, loved the movie. And Corey Feldman, he's in, like, Goonies, Lost Boys, tons of, like, classic 80s, but he says that he gets that line from the end of the movie where he's like, God, I love this street, or whatever he says, like, that's one of his more called-out lines at at various Comic-Cons or whatever he appears at. Unfortunately, we've lost Carrie Fisher and Rick Dukeman. Yeah. Both R.I.P. Rick Dukeman, sort of smaller roles a lot, a lot of lines in this movie. He has a lot of dialogue. This might be one of his bigger parts. Yeah, he's like, he had a pretty small part in Groundhog Day, which we did recently. That's right, yeah. I always found him to be funny. Spaceballs, I think. He's like more a, I don't know, I mean, maybe you'd say like a poor man's John Candy. Yeah. Although Dukeman was a stand-up who went into acting like later in life i think even though he's a bit much i actually find the art character to just be hilarious really not the things that he's saying but the overarching need to continue to push this narrative (laughs) and like keep trying to convince people i just find that (laughs) hilarious I feel like his character is very relatable. Yes. In a way, in the sense that, like, we all know that guy. We don't think that we are that guy. Well, that's the thing. But I I was thinking, I I can't believe you said it. I was thinking that to myself as I was watching it. I was like, you know, I'd like to think that I'm the Ray character, but I'm so much actually the art character. I was thinking that, like, physically. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I still think of myself. As like a Tom Hanks looking guy, right. but I've become <laughs> probably even more grotesque than Art. Well, really. I'm just like Art's just like coming over to their house, eating their breakfast. I'm like, yeah, this is me. <laughs> He's like literally digging food out of the dog bowl <laughs> as she's like taking it over to the dog. I think there's actually, again, the, the slapsticky stuff is is not funny and just silly, but like I do think that there's a lot of funny things going on this in this movie especially with like how nonchalant some of the things are like the whole scene where they're like going through the garbage in the garbage truck yeah and the two guys that are the garbage men are just like standing by and like letting this happen (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the heart of the movie comes from the idea of kids growing up in towns where there was always like one house that had like a reputation and yeah. it looked weird. You didn't really know the people that lived there. People would make up stories and rumors. It would just kind of snowball into something and nine times out of ten it would be nothing. Nothing yeah. weird really was happening there. But this story, of course, takes it like, well, what if? Well, you sure. know, all this stuff. But it also deals with familiar themes of just suburban boredom and malaise. I know, that's what I love. And the idea of somebody that can be content and happy and have everything seemingly that they could want and then the process of them becoming unhappy right. over nothing, basically. Just driving it. themselves crazy. Yeah, and I love this idea of like these adults just behaving so badly. <laughs> because they're bored. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie really is about boredom of everyday life and inventing something to occupy your mind. Something uh, we can certainly relate to. <laughs> some people have yeah. the weird, creepy house, and some people have a podcast. Exactly. Now, the toy poodle, Queenie, in the movie... Same dog that portrayed Precious in The Silence of the Lambs. I actually read this fun fact, too. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Would have never expected, but what a career for that dog. Yeah, this movie came out two years before. It's hard to think of them even as like existing in the same universe, let alone only two years <laughs> really? apart. One of the cool things about the Burbs for me is the opening shot coming out of the Universal logo. This was something... The spinning globe. Yeah, it feels like... I have a lot of memories of Universal movies doing things like this more where they would have some sort of play with the logo that led into the movie. I don't think this was the only movie so, that though. did it. No? Well, the way they were carrying on about it on all the special features is as if it was the only thing that only time it ever happened. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe the specific this. version of that. Well, yeah. Where it zooms in all the way from like that right. globe view of the Earth onto the specific town, which yeah. seems to be somewhere like in Iowa or well, something. Well, this was certainly unique to that movie, but I, I just feel like there were other plays on the universal symbol. Probably. Like that led into the movies before. The name of the street, Mayfield Place. Ray Peterson, our main character, played by Tom Hanks. Seemingly happy guy, married to... Although we don't see any evidence of that. His wife... Played by Carrie Fisher, has a son. This was the first time Tom Hanks played a dad, and he was kind of hesitant about doing so because he felt like it would change the type of roles he would get. It did, yeah. It Shortly is interesting when you think about it, how often do certain actors play dads? You know what I mean? And then once they do, yeah, can they really be the same type of leading man? Has DiCaprio played a dad? inception but i mean yeah, that's, that's weird true. and were his kids even real in that movie <laughs> yeah usually like it has to be a very young kid yeah. or something ray's son in this movie i think his name's david or something he's a little bit older david kind of just like an afterthought to me it's almost as if he's not in the movie. i know he's only really factors in in that opening part where he mentions seeing the clopex yeah. outside digging and then never really factors into the movie after that <laughs> Ray is on the verge of a one-week vacation. He has chosen to stay at home. Relatable for you, maybe, yeah. Although maybe not this year. Yeah, that's true. Some big plans (laughs) maybe in the works. Something could be happening. Could lead to a give us a second down the road. (laughs) The movie asks a pretty simple question at the center of it, which is, is happiness boredom? Yeah. Are they the same thing? Is happiness just straight up boring? Do you need to have something that bothers you 
something upsetting you, something motivating you to think and talk and react. I don't know what the answer is, but this movie is kind of saying, hey. Mostly because I've never been happy, but (laughs) I I do feel like I would be bored. I think my mind would like slowly just implode if I was all of a sudden happy. The first time we see Ray, he's walking up to his property line at night. There's a little bit of magic going on here, supernatural kind of stuff that doesn't really play into the movie. It's just kind of heightening an atmosphere or mood. As you pointed out, the humor in this movie is very broad at times, which I think plays better when you're watching it with an audience in a theater than it does when you're watching it by yourself. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like fucking Polly from that episode of The Sopranos when him and Tony go down to Florida. Oh, God, he's just watching Three Stooges by himself. That was like Three's Company. And Tony's looking out the window seeing Polly laughing at Three's Company. That's like Like literally losing it. Yeah. I'm sure that's what everyone thinks when they hear me <laughs> yelling at the TV. <laughs> I think you have to look past some of that cheesy shit because, like I said, I think if you're watching this with a group or in a theater or something, there's going to be more contagious feeling to some of this laughter. Like when Art falls off of the telephone pole through the shed and then oh, the yeah, shape right. of him is like in the <laughs> yeah. shed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff plays better with other... If you're sitting by yourself, I mean, why would you laugh at something right. like that? Yeah. There's no reason to. Because <laughs> it's certainly not funny. Yeah. Kind of like this podcast. Seriously. But there's some strange noises coming from the new neighbors, the Klopex. They've moved in within like, what, a, the last month or so. Yeah. And the movie primarily focuses on voyeurism, neighborhood drama, and we get an indication of that the next morning. It's like rear window. Everybody's watching everybody. Ricky, the teenage kid, he kind of makes it a whole thing, but Art is interested in what's going on with the Klopex. Ray is watching Rumsfield step in Walter's dog's shit because the dog has shit in his yard, and then he's watching Walter react to it. And and then Rumsfield had watched Ray the previous night. Yes. Which he reveals. Everybody's to, watching yeah. everybody at all times, uh, and people are interesting really Interesting snapshot it up. of a week that we're in right now. I think they mentioned that this is around a holiday. <laughs> I don't know if they say which one, but it does feel like no one's working right now, not just Ray. Ricky's parents are on vacation. Yeah, I want to say maybe Memorial Day or something, because yeah, it, it seems like it's summer. the summer, yeah. but it's hard to say. Yeah, and Ray does mention a ball game a couple of times. I'm like, what ball game? <laughs> right. What is he talking about? Ray's wife, Carol, is adamant that they should go to the lake and rest, but he wants to rest at home. I just want to stay here and drink 100 beers, and I was like, okay. But it does seem like they have a lake property, and it's like, you're not even going to utilize it? Evidently not. Yeah. (laughs) Art Weingartner, played by Rick Dukeman, comes over. He's just stoking the fire regarding the Klopex, which is the neighbors that Ray was going to investigate the previous night. No one has ever seen them. No one talks to them. Art is saying that no one ever comes and goes from their house. What are they eating over there? <laughs> Just really perpetuating this idea of something strange going on As he's wolfing down there. all of the Petersons' food. That's right. Ray's son Dave says he saw the Klopex outside digging. There were three of them, but it was like late at night. An inexplicable thing to do. Yeah. Rounding out our cul-de-sac here, Mayfield Place, let's talk about the other characters and kind of go through who they are what they do, etc. We have Vietnam vet Mark Rumsfeld and his younger smoking hot wife, Bonnie. Yeah. Uh, played by really? Bruce Stern and Wendy Shaw. Mrs. Rumsfeld, just the talk of the neighborhood, I would say. <laughs> Trophy wife. 
I guess. She's wearing, wearing these like skimpy ass outfits clothes. that like don't even make sense. You're like, what is that? Like a bikini robe? <laughs> yeah, those you know shorts. What I mean? Yeah. When she's bending over, and then <laughs> Ricky's like, no, no, no tan, tan lines. lines, nice. Which I'm like, Jesus. He says to her, but like you can basically just see almost everything just up the leg of the shorts because they're so billowy, but they're cut like in a diamond shape really? or something. Like just unbelievable but i would also say a very sweet woman yeah they yeah. seem to have like a pretty good marriage uh he seems a little insane with the flag think, and all that stuff every sure morning. uh yeah i think there's some ptsd going on there <laughs> whenever they do go over for their quick jaunt to the klopex house i always felt like bonnie uh, interacted very politely with the klopex family although there is one time where she freezes up and carol has to like kind of that's right yeah slap her not slap her but <laughs> jolt her back a little bit then we have Walter, who's super old, has a toupee, has the little dog Queenie. He lets the dog basically shit in the Rumsfield's yard. Which would piss me off. He doesn't really factor in too much other than when he goes missing. We don't really know him all that well. And then there's Ricky Butler, who is a teenager, played by Corey Feldman. His parents are away for basically the duration of the movie. That's right, yeah. They've left him alone to paint the house, which seems crazy. Uh, which essentially means just have his friends and girlfriend or whatever over throughout the week i mean yeah it's this really, just feels like a bad idea his character you can kind of look at it in a couple of different ways you can either look at it like well he's a precursor to the reality tv era he seems like obsessed with voyeurism obsessed with watching his neighbors to the point where he invites people over to just sit around and watch his neighbors do stuff and you're like, okay, that's kind of cool and interesting. It speaks to like webcams, reality TV, et cetera, and where we would go into the future. That's true, yeah, a little precursor. But on the other hand, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's no guarantee that anything's really going to happen on any given night. It I, is I don't wild. Know, it's, it's so dumb that people just are going over to, to watch people. My friend Dave, when he was like 19, one year removed from high school, his parents basically like moved to Florida and let him have slash watch the house for like a school year. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just complete. Y'all, cops called. <laughs> cops calling his parents in Florida. I mean, it, it was just completely nuts. Yeah. Well, that happens. Yeah. No, it was fun. So Ray and Art are trying to figure out what to do about the Clopex, which is a constant conversation as they're going. They're going to maybe attempt to meet them when one of the Klopex comes outside. It's the kid from Children of the Corn. He's in a bunch yeah, of other looking, movies. Yeah, uh, looking pretty creepy. Yeah, sort of like a demented zombie I was thinking, Amish guy. Yeah, like, like a McPoyle or something from <laughs> Always Sunny, or maybe like Dwight's cousin from The Office, yeah. like some sort of mix of that. came out of the cave.
So this is when they go over to the Klopex house and they go up on the porch and Art falls through the porch the first time. <laughs> Everyone's watching this. Ricky Butler just applauding their courage to go attempt this. <laughs> they knock on the door, the 669, the 9 falls around so that it says 666 bees come pouring out of a hole where oh, that's the right i was uh, reminded of was. uh candy man actually yeah although when they're running away from the porch and they're pretending like bees are on them it's like there's clearly not anything uh, right, going yes. on there <laughs> they didn't even bother like any kind of effect or anything which is fine yeah and this is another part that's just like sort of dumb they're running towards rumsfeld and he's like come on you know, I've got the hose, and then he, like, slips and falls. I mean, there's just these kind of, like, slapstick moments. Yeah, I think the reason that horror comedies don't do well is the tone is usually all over the place. Right, right. And it's hard to really well, and there's almost a part, and the, figure out what you're supposed to feel at any given moment. There's a part later where they think they're realizing that Walter was killed, and they, they it's almost like a trauma-type thing when they're, like, doing that screaming like Ray and Art together, you know? <laughs> like the camera's, like, zooming in. on Like, it's so campy horror well yeah i think that this movie is 95 percent comedy right right i don't think there's really any point in this movie that's actually supposed to be scary no no any if anything it's more just like they've put some because dante has almost done... more like a pete and pete type feel you know <laughs> like where they're just doing like that weird yeah i mean dante did horror movies i think the yeah. howling is much more of a horror movie than anything else and Piranha, I mean, it's a, like a little bit more of a drive-in type movie, but it's definitely not a comedy. But like Gremlins and this, it's supposed to be like this balance between the two. I think if you go back and listen to the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids episode, you can hear my thoughts on Gremlins. Yeah. But <laughs> not a fan, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I actually like the Burbs more than Gremlins, which is maybe the hot take of the episode. Okay. I think I might. I like the Burbs more than Gremlins, too. But I do like Gremlins more I than you. more people would probably like the Gremlins. I don't really know how much... I mean, The Burbs is definitely a cult classic, as I said at the top, but I don't really know how much it's really like known out there in the same way that like Gremlins is. Probably right about that, yeah. I would say that Gremlins is probably Joe Dante's biggest movie. It feels right. I mean, I think at least everyone knows who Gizmo is or like would recognize that creature. Yeah. Later on, Ray, Art, and Rumsfeld watch the youngest Klopek the one we saw walk out of the porch, drive an oversized bag of garbage to the curb in a car and then mash it down into the can with a garden hoe. And of course, as we know from our enlightened garbage man later, as soon as trash hits the curb, it's public property. 
Yeah, it's a really odd thing to do. I mean, who drives yeah, yeah. garbage to the curb and then beats it into the can like that, very right. over the top? Yeah. So this ar- arouses their suspicions. Everything is definitely pushing in one direction of being suspicious of the Klopex and yep. then thinking the worst. Art is a major player in that, especially <laughs> when he tells like the town tale of like, right. the guy who killed his family and the whole thing. Later, Ray sees... And is he talking about the guy killing his family with an ice pick? What? At some point... Yeah, that's they... what I just said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you say ice pick? No. Right. But I said the guy who killed his family. No, but I just was thinking, you know, this is predating Basic Instinct. Yeah. The ice pick as the murder weapon. <laughs> I, I always thought that Basic Instinct was originating that notion. I think people probably have murdered people with ice picks. Yeah, probably. It seems like a viable option. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hey, Vince, let's go over here. Let's not go that way tonight. Here's a nice yard. It's a good yard. Hey, you and a dog! (laughs) Hey, keep that mud off my lawn, will ya? All right, have a field day. He comes over here to smoke cigars. His wife won't let him. He doesn't know I know that. Hi, Ray. How you doing, bud? Hey there, Mr. Peterson. Good to see ya. Want to need a letter by chance, would you? Ah, it is a lovely night, isn't it? Yeah, green sky tonight. Green sky at morning. Neighbor take warning. Green sky at night. Neighbor take flight. You know, did you ever see the movie The Sentinel, Mr. Peterson? It's about the old guy who owns the apartment, which is kind of like the uh, gateway to hell. No, I, I didn't see that. Oh, well, I was doing some thinking. And, you know, being that their last house burned down and all, it's like maybe somebody left the gate open. Later, Ray sees the Klopex digging in their backyard during a torrential rainstorm just pouring down rain and lightning and everything and he's just watching them i love what is happening this whole thing with the clopex is just able to galvanize this group of dudes rumsfeld before these events doesn't seem that closely tied to art and ray but then this just it gives them them all together yeah three dudes bored out of their minds (laughs) just waiting for something really yeah the next morning art runs out and searches the garbage as it's being taken away Rumsfeld joins him. They're actually sitting in the back of the garbage truck at one point, <laughs> dumping trash everywhere, which just remains in the street the That's rest right. of the movie. <laughs> it's even there at the end of the movie. <laughs> they find nothing, no proof of anything. They're looking for body parts, anything. They are convinced now that the Klopex are murderers. Bonnie then finds Queenie, the little dog, running loose. So Ray, Art, Bonnie, Rumsfeld, and Ricky... Yeah. Search for Walter at his house. They break into the house. Already things are starting to get a little suspect around the behavior. Rumsfeld cuts open, (laughs) uses like a glass cutter or something to break (laughs) in through the back door. Yeah, just because the dog was running loose, they're now convinced that something's happened to Walter. There's Uh, no sign of him anywhere. But there are signs of what they believe are a struggle, the chair knocked over, the TV on, and his toupee has been left behind. So Ray ends up taking the dog and leaves a note saying that he has the dog. Yeah. So now 
in addition to all of the weird shit the Klopex have been doing, seemingly one of their neighbors in the cul-de-sac has turned up missing. So then Art takes it to the next level with a book on black <laughs> Demonology. Masses, human yeah. sacrifices, ritualistic murders, theories flying fast and loose now. You do wonder where he got this book. I do like when he's like, Satan is good. Satan yeah. is her pal. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that was like a, an improv. I think a lot of the cast had a lot of input into things in the yeah. movie. Like Carrie Fisher and Tom Hanks came up with them playing along with Jeopardy and like writing the scores down. And then Art improvised the whole chanting stuff that he says, oh, yeah. which is actually like I really was actually funny. thinking of you uh, when they were watching Jeopardy writing the <laughs> scores down. <laughs> I've never done that. Yeah, but I don't know. It's like even them going through and trying to say the answers before the contestants like i feel like i've witnessed you doing that why would you wait till after they say it well yeah but it's like you're competing with them <laughs> like you're part of the show all right well yeah when i watch jeopardy if i know the answer i'm gonna say it yeah i don't know why you wouldn't <laughs> what's the point of that i know but you're buzzing in <laughs> all right that's true i do have my own buzzer <laughs> yeah ray's like watching a bunch of stuff it's like it's some old devil i didn't recognize movie. the first movie and then it's the exorcist and then texas chainsaw massacre right texas chainsaw massacre 2 oh yeah yeah which leads into a dream sequence where the chainsaw is like going through the wall then he's like strapped to a big barbecue he's just losing it this actually was reminding me of tony soprano just having these like <laughs> wild dreams that just keep yeah sprawling there's definitely like an existential part the of test the dreams burbs. yeah <laughs> and it ends with like the one clopec guy the old guy that we've seen in the window a couple of times just saying, like, mind your own business. Well, they, seemingly, he calls Mrs. Klopek. When I had the subtitles on, oh. and he was yelling to that one, the one with, like, the little bit longer white hair, right? Yeah, Not the doctor. Th yeah, it's it's a guy. I know. Because they say he's the uncle at yeah. one point. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that that's probably just a mistake with the yeah. subtitles. subtitles. But yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting that the the dream ends with the mind your own business part of it because it's like one of those things like with Under the Silver Lake when we were talking about like, well, the movie is about getting lost in these conspiracies and how crazy it is to believe in this stuff and like the spiraling and every thinking everything's connected and yeah. how it's your own mind working against you and making these connections. But then it actually turns out in that movie that right. these things lead to things, yeah. at least things that we see, and we don't really know if they're real or not, but whatever. But in this movie, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, it really is about guys that are just bored for no reason, coming up with a bunch of stuff in their head. It's not really unlike a conspiracy theory. They're jumping to a lot of conclusions <laughs> well, based just, on nothing. Yeah, I love this because it's But just then like, in the end of the movie, it, it turns <laughs> out that, like they ultimately are right, but- right. I guess if you went the other way, it's less of a payoff to the movie. People would probably be annoyed. I don't know. That. I kind of want, when we get to that part of the movie, I want to talk about that a little bit. But I, I love the Ray character just because I'm just like so impressionable. And like a guy like Art like starts throwing these ideas around. It probably doesn't take long before I'm starting to be like, yeah, it does seem like something's going on here. Yeah. And I'm just so easily convinced. See, I don't know. They do a bunch of stuff that. I don't think I could bring myself to do. Well, yeah. It's like too cringy. Even like the ringing the doorbell, I don't think I could do. <laughs> I would do that in the situation where it's Rumsfeld, Bonnie, Carol, and Ray. Like if you're bringing going the over brownies. under the guise yeah. of like, welcome to the neighborhood. If you're just like going over there out of the blue in the morning or something for no reason. Yeah, I don't know. 
Well, that's the thing. A lot of this is happening like without really fully thought out plans. When Ray wakes up from the dream, he's watching Mr. Rogers and singing along to the song. Yeah. 30 years later, Tom right. Hanks would be playing Mr. Rogers. But over the course of the next hours or days or whatever, it's just a building of paranoia. There's this escalation. It's really playing upon the anxiety of not knowing what's going on. I guess they're supposed to care that Walter is seemingly missing. Although, when you think about it, they don't really do anything about it. They, don't they call could the call the police. Yeah, right. They could try to reach out and try to find his relatives. Yeah. They don't do anything. They just leave a note like, hey, I have your dog, and that's it. And yet, they so convince themselves that he's been murdered by the Klopex that they just run with that theory with no confirmation, yeah, even yeah. though they could reach out and try to explore different avenues. The next morning, Art and Rumsfeld leave a note under the Klopex door that says, <laughs> I know what you've done. <laughs> And then ring the doorbell and run. <laughs> and they saw, you know, Ray. one of the Klopex. Yeah, saw Ray slipping the note under Walter's door. Right. So Ray flips out when, he <laughs> when finds... Art tells him what he did. Because at this point, Ray has kind of been grounded, I guess, by his wife. Yeah. Like, is what Carol has now just like had enough of this bullshit. And just like, <laughs> you have to stay at the house. You can't participate. You're in not this allowed kind of to play with anymore. your friends anymore. So then he's like trying to nap. That scene when Art first runs over and wakes him up from the nap and Ray's like reaction is like, I was only trying to sleep. You know, like yeah. that's like vintage Tom Hanks. That's like how he used to always be in the, these types of movies uh -huh. throughout like the 80s and into the early 90s. And then eventually, probably starting with like Philadelphia and stuff, like things changed mm -hmm. and he just became like super serious. But that just reminded me of like so many tom hanks movies like oh right most of them not even that great like yeah. some of them are great and that's why he became a star like big and stuff but like the money pit or you know st just stuff where he's like flipping out about dumb things or yeah whatever. i don't even know if i've seen that many of them i remember turner and hooch there's a lot there's yeah. more than you would think and some of them are you were like what it movie is this right, i've never right. even heard of it <laughs> right Right. Oh, I'm only trying to take a nap. I'm only laying here with my eyes closed trying to get some goddamn sleep. Quiet, 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 quiet. I wouldn't wake if it wasn't important. I think we flushed him out. Okay. The Klopex. Rumsfeld and I, we flushed him out. Wow. We wrote a note. We slipped it under the door. We rang the bell and then we ran. You did that? Yeah. Oh, Steve! Stupid! And I can't believe you... All I did was write, I know what you've done. That's all. I didn't sign it. Oh, I can't believe you stupid. Why didn't you? God. You got to goose these people every once in a while. You got to give them a little shot. Give them a little whack. Let them know that you're there. Jeez, good dog, Vince. Good dog. Go get it. Here's the go thing, get it. though. All right, see, they're going to think that I did it. Yeah, they are. Why? Because the old guy, he saw me write a note and put it underneath Walter's door. So now they're going to think that I did it. You wrote a note and put it under the... I didn't know that. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we got him on the run now. Now they know that we know that they know that we know. Yes, it does matter. You did it, but they're going to suspect me. They're not going to suspect anybody. They're... Do you know what this is? It's a bone. It's a femur. It's a femur bone. A femur just happens to be a human thigh bone, right? Well, 
how do you know that? Biology 101. I mean, look at the size of this thing. You think this came off a chicken or something? Where the hell did Vince get this? He dug it up from underneath the fence. Ray. Ray, there's no doubt anymore. This is real. Your neighbors are murdering people. They're chopping them up. They're burying them in their backyard. Ray, this is Walter. No! Ray's dog then unburies a bone that looks like a human femur bone. And now the theories are escalating even more. Oh, yeah. Because Art's like, this is Walter. <laughs> and they're screaming. Yeah, yeah. And then the but there is like... no real explanation as to what it would be, though. Even when. Oh, it's a they, giant bone. Even when they think that the Clopex are clear and like they were wrong. Well, what would that have been? I don't know what that. They do kind of go so far in different directions that there is like, well, what is the explanation then? So. Why would you ever think that everything's okay by the end of the movie? Like, well, what about this femur? Like, yeah, I what know. is this? But I, I do love when the Klopek dude just throws the note crumpled up back <laughs> over the fence. And Art's like, maybe it's something else. Yeah, nope, it's, it's my note. <laughs> Carol is now really fed up with all this nonsense. So she decides they should go over and welcome the Klopeks to the neighborhood. So Carol, Ray, Rumsfeld, and Bonnie, they all head over there with some brownies. Does Carol get better looking as the movie goes on? It's just you. Okay. No, I think there's something there. At one point she's wearing like this floral number and I I was like a hundred percent in. All right. I'm more of a fan of Bonnie in the movie. Yeah. I figured you would be. I like them flashy, if you know what I mean. (laughs) The four of them go over and meet Hans, Ruben, and eventually Werner Klopek. And they're very strange. Yeah. (laughs) They offer them sardines and pretzels. (laughs) Sardine? Yeah. Yeah, I like the one Klopek's little accent. (laughs) There's like the blonde girl in the frame, and Rumsfeld's like, pretty girl, is she a friend of yours? She came with the frame. That's (laughs) right. Rumsfeld's the name. Don't think I caught yours, Sonny. Hans. Hans. Oh, a fine Christian name. Hans Christian Anderson. <laughs> what are you, Catholic? I don't know. Oh, pretty girl. Friend of yours? No, it came with the friend. It came with the friend? Yeah, Rumsfeld is just like in their faces the entire time, being like very confrontational. That's right. Ray is kind of, I guess, pro- I'm it, well, mostly yeah. out of fear, but also because his wife is there, is just not really saying much. Carol and he Bonnie are trying to, to be though. nice. Yeah. Oh, I do love when they're planning this all and about to do it, and and Carol's almost taking this as a challenge at this point to like go do this just to like quit fucking around with all the stuff. We're just gonna go over there, and whatever my plan is is gonna work out better than anything you idiots are trying to put together but i I love when they're doing this and then she's just like you're not going to art (laughs) yeah because art is like planning on spying while they're doing this which he then does it seems like there's a monster in the basement 
growling and all kinds of stuff. You don't know what's going on. Things get crazy. Werner comes up. He's supposed to be a doctor. He's got red shit all over his hands. It seems like blood. It turns out it's paint. There's all kinds of weird pipes going on in their house. And then when Rumsfeld basically decides just like to go with a full-on confrontation, he's like, cut the shit, Klopek. What's the strange noise coming out of your basement? That's when things kind of go crazy because he opens the basement door. This giant dog runs kind of out. unexpected. Yeah. A giant dog is all of a sudden in play. And then it's never in it again. Again, yeah. yeah it's just a, one little gag i guess and rumsfeld like you keep a horse in your right. basement it's like a great dane or something afterwards ray seemingly sides with carol and bonnie and says there's nothing wrong with the clopex but after sending the, the i need women to talk away, to the boys in the den <laughs> he reveals to art and rumsfeld that he found walter's mail and toupee by the, the way clopex. keeping it in his pants hopefully walter's not alive so he's not putting this thing back on his head proving that the Klopex were inside Walter's house. So this idea that there's something wrong with the Klopex just will not die. Every time it seems like a door has been slammed, something forces the door back open and keeps it going. Why do the Klopex have Walter's mail and yeah. toupee? Why are they living in this house that's falling apart? That is a, a bigger well, question. Especially it seems like... I mean, it doesn't seem like it's falling apart. It just seems like it's kind of <laughs> like... Someone's falling through the front clean. porch. Well, the porch is falling yeah. apart. It just seems like very dated and weird and not clean and decorated is it revealed in a creepy way. when they're over there that the one Klopek is a doctor or is that not revealed until... Yeah, the, yeah, I said yeah, that. Okay. So, that, But that's what I mean. So this guy's like a doctor and this is where they live. Well, they're just eccentric. Yeah. But like I said, it doesn't really make sense because they've only been there a month. So the movie is making it seem like they live in a haunted house for effect, obviously. But when you break it down, they've already referenced the previous homeowners, the Naps. Yes. So were the Naps just living in this creepy house too? Like they let it go. I don't. It doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. Like why is the house like this already? It seems like it's not been cleaned or updated or touched really in like 50 years right like no one's been living there for a while yeah the clopex mentioned that they were going away the next day so our trio agree to search the property for walter's body in order to do this ray sends carol and his son dave to carol's sister's house he not to the lake them i was thinking why do that why? yeah well she did threaten at one point that her and dave are just going to go to the lake and it's cut in a way where it seems like she's going to do that, and then yeah. it never happens. Right. So it seems like maybe they took out something there that ruined it. Well, not ruined it, but yeah, like yeah. left out a little bit of that, but whatever. Yeah, because I agree. It definitely seems like she's about to go to the lake, just her and the son, and then it just never happens. Yeah, yeah. And then she ends up going to visit the sister instead. Given the state of everything, she would not leave him at this point. Although maybe she's just... Well, we're going with the idea that he's come to his senses. Yeah, yeah, okay, So right. she thinks that it's over. It's okay. I can leave him here. Art and Ray dig holes in the Klopex backyard while Rumsfeld stands guard on a roof across the street. They find nothing and then decide to break into the house to search the basement. <laughs> yeah. They're this convinced uh, yes, at this point, which right. seems crazy. It, it's off the rails, I'd say. In the basement, Ray and Art discover what appears to be just an insane crematorium. <laughs> I do like when Art's like, well, normally with a furnace for a house this size, it wouldn't go up to 5,000 degrees, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's like they can tell that there's been some new additions to it and everything. Yeah, it's some modifications. It's just this huge furnace that's like a crematorium. Ray starts digging in the basement. He believes he's found a crypt underneath this like loose dirt by the giant furnace thing. Meanwhile, the Klopeks return, yeah, but well- because of Ricky distracting Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld doesn't see the Klopex. The Klopex notice lights on in their basement, so they go and get the police, unbeknownst to anyone. So they Which basically show up on the street, see the lights, turn around. Seems like a bad idea if you're the Klopex, if you know where this movie is heading. Yeah, little arrogant, yeah. little cocky. <laughs> really? I guess not unlike some serial killers who just it's true. eventually believe that they just can't be caught. They named their dog that Great Dane. I think mm-hmm. the Werner Klopek calls him some name. I think it was like the last name of like a French serial killer or oh, something. Okay. Kind of an obscure reference. reference. As Ray and Art believe they are about to find proof that the Klopeks murdered their neighbor Walter, Walter himself returns home. <laughs> Turns out he's Is been this in the hospital. spotted by Rumsfeld first? Ricky. Ricky, okay. He yeah. shows Art. Because Art's come outside to say that they found Walter in the uh, basement. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I love how Walter, they found nothing at I this know. point. Yeah. Really. And he's like, we found Walter. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ricky's like, hey, look. And it appears to be, I guess, Walter's son and daughter-in-law or daughter and son-in-law. They're just like helping him out of a car. Sh- chauffeuring him and bringing him back into the house. Yeah, I guess he had chest pains or something the other night and left in a hurry. And was in the hospital this whole time. And it never for some sent anyone reason, to check on his dog, which is kind of strange. Yeah. He asked the Klopex to collect his mail while he was away, which is Doesn't so seem bizarre. Like the, yeah. <laughs> it's not like they live right next door either. That, I guess, goes to show you what he thinks of everybody else. <laughs> and rightfully so, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to be said about Walter's choices here. He seems to care so much about Queenie the dog, yet just running wild by itself. Right. No one taking care of it. And then asks the weirdos that no one's ever seen before to get his mail rather than any of the regular people that are outside yeah. at normal times. And, and the Klopex uh, just delighted to do it, really. I guess. It, yeah. is, are they working in tandem? What What is going on? <laughs> Does Walter know about what happened to the naps? I don't know. There's a whole other secret thing yeah. going on here. So we've reached pandemonium now because... Everything has gone awry. Yeah, there's a lot of material on the Blu-ray, but I don't think there's deleted scenes. I'm wondering, I don't know. Let's be honest. This Dana Olson guy didn't really write anything else that was really good ever. So this script has some problems. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's some questions going on here. It's the the logic of some of this stuff. So Not airtight. (laughs) Reality is crashing down that Walter is not in the basement. But Ray's still in the basement. Art tries to get Ray out before the cops arrive, but Ray has hit a gas line underneath the Klopex house. <laughs> this is just insane. Art manages to escape the house before it explodes, but Ray is still oh, yeah. inside. Somehow. Survives. Survives, and a disheveled and scorched Ray emerges from the inferno almost exactly as Carol returns home, which is kind of a nice touch. I like when she's driving up and they cut to her in the car with the sun and she's like, what is all this? What's going on? And I'm just like, does she not notice that there's a house that just exploded? (laughs) And you would think she'd already be piecing it together. You would feel that explosion. Oh, I mean, she would have 
felt it in the car. Like, and she I mean, knows it on. has to be like her husband up to no good. <laughs> well, he would definitely be dead. Yeah, yeah. He was in the basement. <laughs> Police, ambulances, people everywhere. They're like basically going to charge Ray with a bunch of crimes. And Ray completely melts down, <laughs> flips out. Yeah. This is even like more Goes after of art. Trademark Tom Hanks meltdown performance from this time period. I mean, he was still pulling moves like this in like a league of their own, you know, just kind That's of that true. like yeah. very specific way of carrying on and yelling that he would do. They may think they're off the hook, but they're not. No, no, they're not. Are they, Ray? No, go ahead. Tell them. Tell them. We got the goods on them, don't we? Oh, yeah, you know? You know, someday they're going to dig up the back of that yard and they're going to find the rest of that skeleton to go with that femur. Oh, it might not be Walter, but it's going to be some sort of torture. Shut up, Art! Shut up! God, you don't know when to quit, do you? Look at me! I'm a shell of a man because of you, Art. You leave! Now, now, now! Soldier! You leave him alone! Get off that case already! They didn't do anything to us! They didn't do anything to us! All right, so they're different, so they keep to themselves. Can you blame them? They live next door to people who break into their house and burn it down while they're gone for the day. Remember what you were saying about people in the burbs, Art? People like Skip? People who mow their lawn for the 800th time and then snap? Well, that's us! It's not them! That's us! We're the ones who are vaulting over the fences! and peeking into people's windows. We're the ones who are throwing garbage in that street and lighting fires. We're the ones who are acting suspicious and paranoid. We're the lunatics. Us. It's not them. It's us. I don't know what to say. What, do you want me to move? He says that he and the others were wrong about the Clopex. <laughs> Why did you get me going down this avenue? Yeah, it doesn't feel like he wants to take responsibility for his own actions here. Yeah. Kind of disappointed. Well, he's coming to a realization that he's an idiot. <laughs> it's a realization that we all have to make. Really? From time to time. <laughs> but I do love when the police are just like arrest. Well, I I don't even know. They're not outright arresting him, but they're telling him like what he would be being charged with yeah he doesn't care <laughs> i think there's a, a version of this movie where it doesn't have the additional part and it he's just going to jail for all of these horrendous crimes he's committed <laughs> against his neighbors yeah he's just talking about carol's new haircut how much he likes it he climbs into the back of an ambulance to go to the hospital presumably before having to go to jail carol in these scenes has all the calm of a woman who's already decided on a divorce. That's the thing. <laughs> I, not really reacting to this at all. I mean, obviously, there's no going back here. I would think she's could only be looking at him with divorce eyes. But <laughs> she's not really uh, overselling it. I guess it's just there, there is no emotion left for her. Yeah. I am wondering what they thought the motivation for her character is here. Because it does seem to conflict with what we've seen of her always fighting against Ray's yeah, yeah. crazy ideas and now he 
basically lied about going to play golf to get her to go away so that him and his friends could blow up the neighbor's house, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't seem to react now at this point, which is why I'm saying it seems like she's just made up her mind and it's not even There's worth no it. There's no going back, yeah. <laughs> Before the ambulance leaves, Werner Klopek gets in, Ray's and apologizing just, uh... and promising to help rebuild the house bizarre decision by klopek yeah i really no need for this uh, about to get away with it all but Werner accuses ray of having seen a human skull in the basement furnace if he had don't you think that this would have come up by now really why is he not saying it i don't know i guess it was just guilt by klopek overtaking him Werner reveals that they murdered the previous occupants of the house, the Naps, basically confirming everyone's suspicions in one form or another. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically, they killed the Naps because they made an offer on their house that wasn't for sale, and the Naps were like, no. So they killed them. Yeah. Which is mentioned throughout the film to a certain extent, like, the move happened very fast. It Mm -hmm. seemed to happen overnight. Rumsfeld at one point is like... I don't remember seeing a moving van, and then yeah. Did the, the one police never investigate like, this? No investigation around the Naps disappearance. I don't know because Art at one point says he talked to a real estate person who sold the Clopex the house. He says that at the beginning. Okay. So again, I don't know if is that just like what is that? Is Art lying? <laughs> that seems plausible. Yeah. Is there more co-conspirators beyond Walter? Could be. <laughs> was it Bonnie? I mean, who was it? Who was this person? Werner attempts to lethally inject Ray as Hans <laughs> drives the ambulance away. I love the part where they're in the back of the ambulance, Ray and Werner, and then like Hans, the young one from Children of the Corn, he like opens that window to the back. It felt yes. like The Undertaker. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> where to, Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> Where to, Stephanie? There's a struggle in the back as Werner's trying to kill Ray, causing the ambulance to crash. It injects Hans and Ray. Ray does a citizen's arrest, which was pretty funny. <laughs> Just obnoxiously announcing it. Citizen's arrest. <laughs> citizen's arrest seems to be something you hear about more back in like '89. Right? Because you it's never like, hear about people saying it now. Because it's not real. <laughs> Well, it is real, but you would probably get shot. Yeah. (laughs) Ricky discovers skeletal remains in the trunk of Klopek's car. I kind of forget how the trunk even gets opened. Does something bang into the car and the trunk open up or something? I I don't know. There's a lot of crashing going on at this part. Maybe there's like a domino effect that comes (laughs) down and hits the car and pops the trunk. Yeah, because like right then they're like, well, what proof do you have? And then it's like, oh, here's some proof. And it's a bunch of skulls and <laughs> bones all- and shit. <laughs> right. it's like it makes you wonder, like, what were they doing? Were they moving the bodies all around thinking that people knew where they were? Were they right in thinking like, oh, they were trying to throw them away in the trash? Then they realized that they had been seen. So then they were yeah. trying to bury them in the yard. But they moved then they them realized that they had been seen. So yeah, they, yeah. they kept like moving them all over the place. Although uh, misplaced a femur bone in the backyard. Yeah, and the fact that they're just straight-up bones. Yeah. Like, I know that they. Wow. you're supposed to believe they use the crematorium in the basement to burn them, but if that thing was, like, really at 5,000 degrees and was, like, burning them up, 
I don't think there'd be like intact bones like that. Yeah, how many people did they kill? And yeah, they seem like a lot. Right, is cannibalism at play here? Could be. Yeah. Could be. Magically, everything just works out for well, Ray. Gonna... The charges are, or I guess, dropped. <laughs> the big question on everyone's mind is: if you do all this illegal shit, but at the end of the day, it does turn out that the person you did it against is a murderer. Does it absolve you of all the crimes that you've committed? And it turns out, yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you stop a, it's so it's worth killer. the gamble. Yeah. <laughs> if you're right. <laughs> and then like Art is giving the interview to the news where he's like, "We're not gonna take it anymore. We're coming for you, psychopaths, <laughs> us suburbanites." That's right. <laughs> and then Art's wife comes home. We only really see her in silhouette, and it's like kind of the old typical boomer joke of like, oh God, I hate my wife kind of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some of us, it's not a joke for, but. (laughs) Like, oh, my wife! (laughs) And then Art and Carol are going to go on a long vacation, and. Yeah, somehow. uh, Somehow leaves Ricky to be the one to look over the neighborhood. That's right. Oh boy. Yeah, somehow Ray has more vacation time lined up after. This past week? Well, I think special circumstances, you know, helping to catch a murderer. It's weird. In the beginning, he makes a staycation seem so inviting. Like, it it sounds relaxing the way he's describing it. He's just going to lounge around in his robe, watch the ball game, maybe fix the barbecue at some point, drink 100 beers. But I think it it is a good lesson that being home and bored isn't really uh, always the best idea. Well, it is for me. <laughs> yeah, but you have plenty of stuff to occupy you. Yeah. <laughs> As I just watch, look at, like, the watch towers a couple of hundred Blu-rays. Blu-rays. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, a fun little diversion. Not every movie has to be the most serious thing ever or the most no, in-depth no. thing ever. I don't think people are going to, like, teach a class about the burbs and what it all means. <laughs> I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, but I, I there is something so specific about the style of it, the time period of which it was made. There's certainly no version of this movie being made now. Yeah, I mean, the closest thing you would get is maybe like Netflix's The Babysitter or something like that goofy kind okay, of like yeah. horror comedy stuff that is not going to get like theatrical releases for the most part. Because when they do, they don't tend to really do well, especially now. The things I love about the movie are staying all in the one location on yeah, the yeah. lot there in the cul-de-sac. I love movies about suburban life because I grew up in the suburbs. Yeah, Young Tom Hanks before mega superstardom really had set in. He actually was nominated for an Oscar for Big, so things were really going to change in the next year. But he was still a few years away from Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, the most serious movies, and then the occasional like rom-coms like Sleeping in Seattle, Sleepless in Seattle and all that stuff. feel like an oddball cast, but it's like a fun cast. A time period where Carrie Fisher would just be like the wife of a character in a movie. Yeah. And Bruce Dern is kind of like the goofy Fucking Princess Leia. Yeah. I think ultimately her relationship with her husband is supposed to be sweet, but she does come off as kind of just like a nagging wife. Well, it was the 80s. That's yeah. just how it was. Right. But, like, yeah, she is kind of, but that's the joke of the movie. That's the same thing I was talking about with the Under the Silver Lake comparison. Because 99.9% of the time, in most scenarios, I mean, she's going to be right. It's just goofy and funny that at the very end, at the last possible moment, 
it turns out that Ray and Art and Rumsfeld are right and that the Klopeks actually yeah. were murdering people. <laughs> I think I'm really into the idea of just these adult characters like letting their imaginations run wild, particularly because as a kid, I had a wild imagination and you always think that becoming an adult, you're not going to be that way anymore. But then as you get older, you realize that you are still the same person. Yeah, you're just physically not able to right. run around and yeah, do yeah. fun stuff. <laughs> and you just get tired at like 9 o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> it just sucks getting older because really? to take a line from The Breakfast Club, when you get older, your heart dies. <laughs> I don't know that that's true. It's more like everything else dies. <laughs> yeah. You still want to be able to get crazy and wild and think about something weird like spend all of your time being obsessed with what your neighbors are doing yeah, yeah. to the point where you're doing all this crazy shit like but you're just like so tired spying on them and digging in their yard and all this shit but yeah you can't you can't ever imagine physically being able to do this yeah right like i saw that scene and ray is like digging all the holes and then art is just laying there and it's like yeah that would be me <laughs> art even has the line he's like yeah we, this is more work than we thought it would be or something like that. i love how he says we we thought it would be <laughs> well he can't even move yeah then he's like let's check inside they probably have some cold beer in there <laughs> what are you doing what? what vincent stopped making picks well how am i gonna know what movies to see we have a wide variety of gene picks gene's trash I'm Gene. Recommendations. So recently watched two movies on a plane. Whoa. One Snakes will be on a plane. A recommendation and one will not. The not recommendation, Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. Oh uh, boy. So I don't know. There's some parts. There's some parts. I'll yeah, I heard that the guy uh who was the main director of that? He uh, was the, was he the one that did Venom or is that a different guy? I don't know. I can't remember. I feel like I looked at what else he did, and it might be something. Well, say what we're going to say. I want to look that up real quick. There is some good stuff in it, but there's a lot of bad in it, too. My actual recommendation watched on my return flight, Peanut Butter Falcon. Sort of absurd, but enjoyable. You hear, like people were like giving shit to like Shia LaBeouf and saying like he was like laughing at that dude at the Oscars, even though like that seems those bizarre. two are like friends. Yeah, and yeah. Shia LaBeouf said he wouldn't present an award unless he could do it with that kid right from yeah I, I know falcon. that's insane but yeah a lot to like in peanut butter falcon certainly shia labeouf wrestling playing a part in it thomas hayden church of course our girl from 50 shades of gray always Dakota enjoyable Johnson. yeah it's a good movie heartfelt like i said absurd at times the the ending is pretty insane but i certainly liked it if i had watched it in 2019 it probably would have been an honorable mention on the oscars episodes <laughs> But would recommend. The director of Terminator Dark Fate was Tim Miller, who did, like, Deadpool and all that shit. Ah, yes. Now, I think the controversy that came out after the movie bombed and was widely not really liked and didn't really make any money was that Tim Miller was, like, basically saying, like, James Cameron's involvement, like, ruined it. Oh, wow. Okay. And maybe Cameron felt the same way about him. I don't know. There was, like, some big-time disagreements over the story elements and all that shit. And it's funny how the big marketing thing was like, oh, James Cameron's back. But like you know, at the same time, that may have been like where a lot of the behind the scenes drama was coming what's from. What's crazy about it is you get back into this thing and we've talked about it with other When's it ever going to end? Well, and how many times are they rewriting the same storyline? We've now changed history like so many different times. 
Just never do another Terminator. Right. We yeah, don't we're need good. it. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a there's lot of franchises that like, should be over. Schwarzenegger will be in it again. <laughs> you know, like that. So, you feel like somehow they'll do that. Yeah. The Terminator franchise should just be over. I'm officially saying it. They never finished it really because it never really had like a beginning, middle, and end. I yeah. Mean, it never really went anywhere. It just kept repeating the same shit. I remember I thought it's Terminator and Terminator Two That's to it. like the very last second. Of that one with Christian Bale, I thought that was supposed to be the end, and then they're like, "We may have won the battle, but the war rages on," or something. And I, right. I just threw my hands up in the air in the theater and went like, "What the fuck? I yeah, thought yeah, this yeah. was the end of this." And then there's like well, no it, end in sight it, it, ever. It basically is the end of it because you never had any continuation of that story. Yeah, right? whatever. It's just a mess. Okay, so your recommendations? Yeah, I will give a a tentative recommendation to. Whatever the fuck the Birds of Prey movie is called okay. now, it's the new Harley Quinn movie. I think, let me get the original title. It seems like after a lukewarm opening weekend in the States, they were already trying to change the title a little bit. So the the title officially is Birds of Prey colon and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Wow. Not a fan of using the word fantabulous. I hate like fake made up words to be funny. Is anyone think that's funny? Who is that for uh, to say fantabulous? Not for I me. I hate it. Yeah. The title sucks. So the movie only did 33.3 million in America. I think worldwide it actually did okay. And they're like, oh shit, no one knows what this movie is. We have to change the title. So now I think like if you look at it on like our AMC A list, app it says harley quinn colon birds of prey which makes way more sense of a title always a weird thing when something's been marketed under one title and then it's just something else Uh, i think they got over ambitious thinking that people were gonna buy into that title i don't think the title is the only reason that it didn't do that well but it's a reason trust me because you looked at like the movie listings and you you see a paragraph there and you're like, what is this? I don't understand what this title is. What is this movie? You Other know, than if, stupid. If you didn't see commercials for it, you wouldn't have a clue that it was just like a Harley Quinn solo movie. It's much better than Suicide Squad. It's a lot brighter, okay. sunnier, more funny, I guess. I have to say, I mean, anything with Margot Robbie in it, it to me, is worth a watch. Yeah, she's uh, good at she it. She always pops. It continues her version of Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad, but none of the other characters from Suicide Squad are in it, including yeah. Leto's Joker. Nobody else is in it from Suicide Squad. Black Canary is in it. Huntress is in it, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. But no Catwoman, no Poison Ivy. I was really hoping for like a Poison Ivy like appearance or something wow. at the end of the movie or something. Uma Thurman. Really? <laughs> yeah. Something that would have really like caught everyone off guard. Uh, there are little Easter eggs in it, but nothing to that level of excitement where you're like, holy shit, Poison yeah. Ivy or Catwoman or something. It feels like any of the cool ideas from some of the more well-known like graphic novels even, like they've never quite been able to... There was talks at some point. I don't know if they're still going to do it. I don't know what the plan is, but th- I think they were going to do a Gotham City Sirens with okay. Catwoman, Poison Ivy, and Harley Quinn. Wow. But- I don't know if that's still going to happen. Who knows? Things change seemingly all the time with these movies. That would be a great, like, rated R, like a hard R. There are parts of this movie that suck, I will say that. But (laughs) overall, it's not that bad. It's pretty fun at times. I thought Ewan McGregor was really good as the villain in it. He's kind of funny and crazy and weird. Compared to a lot of other superhero things, 
I did like the R-rated approach to it. Now, they don't really go too crazy. It probably could have been PG-13 pretty easily. There wasn't, like, a ton of bad stuff in it. It wasn't, like, Deadpool level with the language. I mean, there was, like, some fucks in it, but it wasn't, okay. like, crazy. Yeah. So there you have it. Folks, that's the Burbs. <laughs> All right. Wrap if you it haven't up. seen it, check it out. It's a fun little horror comedy from the 80s. Yeah. A little... F- snapshot of a moment in time i don't think they would do a movie like this now. no no come over and watch it with me i'll, I'll watch it again <laughs> didn't you watch it on stars i did stars and the subscription's running out i, I canceled it yes all right so thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time I think the message to uh, psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases all over the world is uh, do not mess with suburbanites because, uh, frankly, we're just not going to take it anymore. You know, we're not going to be content to look after our lawns and wax our cars, paint our houses. We're out to get them, Don. We are out to get them.